folks. Gavin Roth here with episode 18 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, where I sit with sponsorship marketing leaders to find out their story, their mentors, their insights, and personal and professional development advice. This episode's featured guest is Sam Gallat, Senior Vice President and Managing Director of Canada at Endeavor Properties, formerly known as IMG. Sam is a true partnership architect who believes that your reputation is your currency. He also believes in the power of a handwritten note. But don't get fooled by those old school values. Sam is very much on top of what's here and now when it comes to sponsorship marketing. In this episode, Sam shares examples of some of the sponsorship programs he helped shape in challenging sectors like gaming and pharma with brands like OLG, Pfizer, and Party Poker. We also discuss Sam's fascinating career journey, the evolution of Endeavor from its roots as IMG, which, by the way, was founded by R.E. Emanuel, who inspired a character in the hit series Entourage. We discuss trends and challenges in the Canadian sponsorship market, including Sam's advice on what properties need to include in their pitches if they want to engage prospective sponsors, and personal and professional development advice with a focus on time and reputational management. I hope you enjoy, and for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing and sitting with my good friend Sam Gallat, who um, uh, not hot, hot off the presses, but kind of just, just told me about a change in how I introduce him. Uh, Sam is SVP and Managing Director of Endeavor Properties now, um, and uh, other people know it as, as IMG. So Sam, explain, explain this whole uh, shift. Yeah, I mean, IMG was acquired, uh, I think going on five years, from a company called William Morris Endeavor. Uh, and about a year ago, the company went through a branding exercise, and the company was known as WME IMG, which was a bit of a mouthful. So they went back to the roots of Ari, Ari Emanuel, um, and when he left in the middle of the night and took a bunch of clients with him, sounds very much like Entourage. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's the story that Entourage is actually based on Ari, our CEO. It is. And, and yeah. It's very, Didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, brilliant, brilliant uh, leader, influencer in the world of sports yeah. entertainment. Uh, and so we went back to the roots of Ari's company, and that company was called Endeavor. Well, Ari being a key character in Entourage, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, yeah, it all, it all now makes sense. Yeah, so our, Ari, Ari's our um, CEO, okay. Chief Executive Officer of Endeavor. Okay. And so, but you know, I would say a year ago or so, I can't remember the exact time. They, they wanted to do, have a more of a consolidated brand, mm-hmm. so our company became known as Endeavor. So a lot of the uh, called the divisions or the business units within the larger company are now Endeavor. Yeah. So our our, our um, agency uh, marketing services agency, which is world class, which used to be known as IMG Consulting at one point. Uh, now it's called Endeavor Global Marketing. Yeah. Um, our, um, our, uh, we've created an original content division. It's called Endeavor Original Content. Okay. We have a streaming division. So all in on Endeavor. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, a streaming company, uh, which we bought a New Line, which was one of the leading streaming yeah, companies. Sure. So that's now called Endeavor Streaming. Okay. Um, and you know, our properties division, which it's about eighty percent properties we own, twenty percent of which we represent, originally was called IMG Events. 
Yes. And, and IMG Events has now transitioned into what's known as Endeavor Properties. Gotcha. So in addition to the events within that portfolio, in golf, tennis, mass participation, cricket, rugby, um, arts and entertainment, culinary, we've also added in our academies. Mm-hmm. IMG Academies is part of that in Bradenton, Florida. Freeze, which has art, one of the leading art fair platforms in New York, uh, LA, Amazing. and in London. Uh, professional bull riding, PBR, yeah. Pueblo, Colorado, um, is also part of that as well. Miss Universe, another platform which we, uh, which the company acquired from Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, it's all part of what's known as Endeavor Properties. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, so my role was senior vice president. Managing Director of IMG Canada, and we're just going to kind of flip out the, switch out the IMG to Endeavor Properties Canada. Gotcha. Um, So many places I want to go with you. Um, We've actually had, uh, I was reminded as I was looking through uh, your uh, LinkedIn that we we shared an interesting common thread early in our careers with this link to wrestling and uh, and CFL. A couple of wrestlers here, right? Big burly uh, wrestlers. Um, Talk about your career path and how you got into uh, the field and just this this amazing trajectory of yours. Yeah, so I started, I mean, I went, I did my undergrad at York University back back in 92. Yeah. And um, I remember sitting, sitting in the office I took a course. It was a college course. And we was, probably walked past each other right, and didn't know it. Right. Yes. So the college course was with the athletics director, Mike Dinning, at the time. And it was, I'm trying to remember, some type of sport college course. And I remember going in, I don't know if it was extra help, or I had to sit and ask him a question. I sat in his in the athletics department. And as I'm sitting waiting for him, I saw this pamphlet on the sport administration program at York. Hmm. It was a program I never knew anything about. Took up the pamphlet. said, oh, interesting. You want to be a professional in sport. You want to work for a professional sports franchise. So I looked at it. I applied. And I got in. I was one of five people. Very small program. Wow. About 12 people at the time. It was the York University Sport Administration Certificate Program. Okay. So you do it either alongside the undergrad or you do it as a postgrad. And very small program. It started, I think, in 76 or 78. Um, and I, I got into the program. And, and you know, my first project as part of the program was to run a, a university tournament. That's kind of, you know, you, you know your, your, your first entree. And you have to run it, operations, marketing. So it was a um, it was a, an event called the Mizuno Excalibur Volleyball Classic. So I'm just pointing to Gavin. I'm showing oh that. my! I, sh- I brought that out to show someone. It's, it's it's my my mother had framed the poster back in 1994, and I took it on and worked with the this the, volley- is awesome. the volleyball coach uh, Wally <laughs> Daiba, and it was like eight different teams, men's volleyball, coming to York University, uh, and the thing that really excited me was. I, I, I want to go and find sponsors for the event. So, yeah. you know, normally people would focus on the operations yeah. and writing some articles. I, I ended up, first and foremost, went out and built a sponsorship deck and started calling people. And I went to an uh, alumni of the program and got a bike from Canadian Tire. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Then I said, okay, it'd be great to get some music. So I called up some of the music labels and ended up doing a deal with BMG Music at the time. And BMG Music actually had um, Shaquille O'Neal was one of their artists, and he had uh, uh, came out with a rap album. Um, I don't know how good it was, but they gave it me wasn't. they gave me they gave me five thousand CDs to give out. Yeah, and I said I'd play their music all the time. So yeah. in between every game, like every time out, Shaquille sponsorship O'Neal, benefits. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal was on the on the overhead speakers, mm-hmm. and um, and you didn't lose. I lost uh, the a lot of people. Yeah, I was uh, say. Um, uh, and I still have a CD somewhere. My my parents my parents. <laughs> 
condo. Um, you know, I went and got you know Hershey's and they had a Sours Lifesavers at the time. They yeah. gave me ten thousand packs to, to sample. Yeah, I remember getting holes in my my cheek because I ate so many of them. <laughs> um, but you know, I, for me, for me, that was the exciting part. And I realized, that, you know, as much as I liked the operations, and you know, for me, it was going out and developing partnerships with those brands. Yeah, and I was eighteen, eight, I was nineteen at the time. Yeah, um, so I, I was in that program, made a lot of relationships. We had a lot of great people coming out of that program in the industry now, some senior, senior people. And I, I, wasn't that, I did that alongside my undergrad for three years nice. and, and very successful and loved it and realized I wanted to um, probably do some additional education and looked at law school, looked at MBA. And, you know, what ended, I ended up doing is I ended up getting into, applied to a number of programs in the U.S. Uh-huh. and got into a few of them and decided... I was going to travel for a year, go backpacking around the world. Knew I was going to probably work very hard in my career. And yeah. wanted to yeah, get walk, it out of the way. Get out of the way. So, you know, I worked very hard in the summer and a very bad job, not in the industry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I got accepted to The Ohio State University. The Ohio, the Ohio State, yeah, which yeah. is, a, you know, one of the oldest programs. Uh, I went around the world for a year, backpacked, came back and moved to Columbus. So I worked, uh, you know, was in Columbus for a year. Um, getting my degree, I worked in the athletics department, getting a lot of my uh, tuition paid for. Uh-huh. And at the end of, of that, uh, and while I was in that program, I would every time I would come back to Toronto, I would be setting up uh, meetings and, and um, networking uh, conversations in Toronto. Because I knew that you know, ultimately, as much as I would have a renewable visa to stay in the U.S., I probably want to come back to Canada. Uh-huh. So I remember I would have... Um, Informational interviews at the time with Jeff Carefoot, who was running Molson Sports Entertainment, Ken Dryden, who was I think he was the GM or the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Michael Downey. Yeah, you know I harassed Michael Downey <laughs> for it must have been for six months. Yeah. And if, you know one of my friends, Tom Pastore, who was part of the program. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, you know, ended up putting a few good words for me, and finally, you know, Michael said to me, "You want to? You really want to talk to me? We'll come in at seven o'clock tomorrow morning." So yeah. I, I ended up meeting with Michael Downey. So I had a lot of those relationships, and you know, and um, he would come in and meet with people. And you know, when I graduated, um, it took me quite a bit of time, but I ended up getting a number of offers and got an offer at a company called Lang and Associates. Mm-hmm. I had done an informational interview with Brian Lang, um, who was at Lang. I, I, I informational interview with Dan Thompson. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think it was Brian kind of saw some potential in me. Um, Brian, I'm just looking across the street, Brian, yeah. Brian's the president of MasterCard Canada, and so he's done very well for himself as well. And he, uh, he took a flyer on me, and I, and I got a role there. And um, you know, started working in Lang & Associates, which at the time was one of the leading consulting companies when it comes to sponsorship. Uh-huh. Offices in, in Atlanta, they would follow Coke around the world. Yep. Um, they had offices in Berlin, in Tokyo. Um, so very established company. Took a role there working on a number of brands, but at the same time also working in a, um, call it a boutique architecture division called Architectus. And that was a sponsorship consulting division that would work on behalf of within properties. Lane, within architect A third party okay. would work on behalf, I would do the consulting. That. You know, I remember the Muhammad Ali Center in Louisville, the Roundabout Theater in New York. Mm. They were looking for a naming rights. Mm. We put together the architecture. And a third party, um, a guy named Stephen Flanders sold it. I think it was to American Airlines. Um, Ontario Place, we won the architecture and, and did that. And then went and got the contract to sell the sponsorship for Ontario Place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Dana Gladstone, mm-hmm. Dan Thompson were both in that division. A guy named Doug Mitchell at the time was, was also in that division. Uh, and it was Chris. Chris Lang yeah. was his baby. I mean, you know, even though he had this larger company, that was kind of his passion on, sure. the, 
Um, so worked worked there, did a number of things um, within Architectus. Um, ended up getting a card because um, I knew I wanted to sell, so I sold sponsorship for the Team Canada Trade Missions, which was one of the which was one of the clients. Mm. Um, internal sales, so a lot of you know you're selling sponsorship to the the people on that mission, uh-huh. so kind of a smaller universe. Did, did you know did quite a bit of deals um, on that. Um, got a card, the Doug Mitchell Associates card, because they wanted to maintain the um, kind of the, the proper walls within uh-huh. the company, and tried to sell Ontario Place, and did that for about two years. Uh, and, and at one point, Lang was looking to grow, and they ended up going through a merger with a company in the U.S. called uh-huh. Corporate Marketing Associates. Um, brilliant guy named Rick Jones. He used to be an NCAA men's basketball coach. Uh-huh. Worked in a very senior capacity. I think it was at Octagon. Had this company, and the two companies ended up merging into be, become the Gem Group. And I remember my, my first boss at the Gem Group was this guy out of um, Chicago, a Toronto Canadian, mm-hmm. and not from Toronto, from Elmer, Ontario. And you know, Dan Thompson had left, Dana Gladstone had left. So guy came in and I got introduced as my new boss. And I remember, you know, he asked me, What do you like, basketball? And I'm like, I love basketball. And he's like, Okay, well, well, you know, we're one of our clients is, is is the NCAA and we work on behalf of Sears and Samsung. Why don't you come up to the Final Four with me to Indianapolis next <laughs> week? So I went up and ended up bonding with him at the Final Four. Um, this was back in 90, I'm trying to remember what year, this was 98, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and he was based out of Chicago and he became my new boss. And so I ended up working with this guy, I'll tell you his name in a minute, you know, for probably the next six months, um, became quite close with him. And, and as this was happening, you know, it's all about networking and who you know and, and you know, organic opportunities that came about. Um, we had a woman that I was working with, Heather McLean. She was at the company. She, yep. she was the head of sponsorship for Labatt's for many years. And, yep. you know, Heather's mother had a speaker's bureau. And um, there's a uh, an internet services provider or internet services company, a web design company that ended up designing her mother's website. And and the, the guy owning that company was a bit of an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. And he had... Um, he, he was incubating a few companies. He had this brilliant company called um, Available Media, which, you know, he was too um, advanced for his time, which was a, you know, a consolidator of leftover media on every discipline, you know, print, you know, web, out, out, out of home. And it would all be listed on this website at rates. And if you want to buy media kind of last minute, you got, you right, kind right, of connect the two. Yeah, but yeah. This, was, this was back in 96, 97, yeah. 98. Sure. Um, and then he also was incubating a company on professional wrestling. He had done the website for Bret Hart, who had come out with a book or a, a DVD. Um, and they were doing websites of a number of wrestlers, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, Trish Stratus. Uh, and they had a partner, they had this one guy in the company who was kind of um, their chief ref- wrestling officer. This guy named Jeff Merrick. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff was, a, you know, connected in the wrestling space. And so, you know, I'd done some work at Lang for Molson or Canadian Tire, doing some POVs on wrestling. And, uh-huh. You know, and, and Heather had introduced me to this, you know, this, this CEO, a guy named Chris Carter. And so I met with Chris. This was about six months before I left um, Lang and Associates, or before the Gem Group. Uh, and Chris met with me and said, listen, you know, we're looking for, you know, a partner in this company on wrestling. We'd like a, an agency to help us. Uh-huh. Maybe there's some equity that you could, your company can have. And, you know, we need someone to help with a strategy on sales and sponsorship. And, you know, would you be interested? Unfortunately, it wasn't the right time. It's all about timing. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, we were going through a merger. We weren't looking to take equity positions in anything. And um, I kept a relationship with him. So, but two months later, he called me into his office and said, Sam, okay, you know, the, 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 the relationship between the companies aside, um, if you were to come in here and be the vice president of sales and marketing, what would you do? Mm-hmm. So I went on to tell him what I would do. And he's like, okay, and if you were leading the company, what would you do? 
went on to tell him. You know, two days later, he called me up and he said, Sam, I have, um, I have a proposition for you. Um, you know, would you like to come in and be the COO of this company? Wow. And, you know, I was 20, relatively young 26 age. at yeah. the time. And this is a dot-com era. Yeah. This is when everything was going public and making a yeah. lot of money. And I'm like, I saw, the, you know, I was young and I saw like kind of number signs in my head. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I thought about it and um, I negotiated with him and took some equity and uh, got a salary uh-huh. and decided uh, I was going to leave. So I, I remember sitting in, in um, a hotel room in Atlanta. We just pitched the WTA uh-huh. for the company. Um, we were in discussions also to build a separate sales agency, which I was involved in. And I was sitting in a room with my, my boss at the time, this, this Canadian from Chicago. Yes, yes, the mystery. Uh, and, yeah. it was, he told him, and, I, and, and he was very upset. He was very happy for me. And, uh, you know, and, and I ended up leaving. And I went to join this company on professional wrestling. And, um, you know, but I mean, it's all about maintaining relationships. Uh-huh. And so this guy from Toronto ended up calling me, you know, you know and I ended up bringing him onto my advisory board. As I did with Chris Lang for the company, and so I get a call. Yeah, the advisory the wrestling, board the for live company. audio, absolutely. Yeah, I live yeah. audio wrestling, for and this was the advisory board we were going out to raise money because we yeah. wanted to do an IPO okay. or a reverse takeover. And, and and about two months later, into my job at the wrestling company, I get a call from this guy that I work with. He said, "Hey, hey, Sam, I guess what you know, I just got called from a headhunter." And they've headhunted me to become the next commissioner of the Canadian Football League. <laughs> and so I'm okay, great, interesting. Uh, you know, and four or five months yeah. later, it was announced that Mike Lisko, who was my boss at the Gem Group, became the next commissioner. I don't remember which exact com- number he, yeah, I'm looking around my office. Yeah, so we yeah, got a couple yeah. of footballs here. Yeah. He became the next commissioner of the Canadian Football League. You know, fast forward, you know, to the end of a full year at the wrestling company, we had raised some friends and family money. I had done some, I'd done a book deal with, um, you know, offshoot of McClellan Stewart. I did a content deal with the Toronto Star. Um, we had sold some advertising, but we'd kind of blown through our friends and family yeah. money, and we, we didn't have any, um, you know, any any new money coming in. Well, so, what you're not saying is the problem was I was in the market gobbling up wrestling money. Yeah, exactly. WWE, WWE, WWE. Yes. but it was more, no. more more investment money. You know, on, on the yeah. you know. So we, we I had organized a meeting in Beverly Hills with the president of Fox Sports, Tracy Dolgen. So I brought the team out. We went to Beverly Hills and. Um, Met with Tracy, and and he they had interest because you know Fox, you know they owned Harper Collins, and we had a whole uh, list of books we wanted to create. We had a number of uh, I would call it wrestling um, um, journalists, and we had one guy named Dave Meltzer who had his own wrestling newsletter, and he's actually one of the leading MMA um, yeah. journalists right now. And yep. Dave, Dave was going to be part of the company. We had a whole book line we were going to create. We had. We had a whole content strategy around. It wasn't what happened in the ring; it what happened outside the ring in real yeah, life. Of course. And and Tracy had a lot of interest. He saw the you know the radio show. They had a radio show called Live Audio Wrestling, which yeah. was it was reverse convergence, originally on the web and then got brought onto the <laughs> Fan Five Ninety. So so yeah. there's a wrestling oppor- a radio show opportunity on the radio. There's a television opportunity on Fox Sports. There was a book. So we, we had a really good meeting. This was them. multimedia before Re- it was yeah, even a so term. Really, yeah, you know, yeah. so so really good vision that Chris had for the company and I was trying to execute upon it and you know I remember we met with them and you know and they had a lot of interest but you know I think a couple of things were happening at the time number one mixed martial arts was becoming big this is UFC it was in mm-hmm. the infancy stages of UFC mm-hmm. 22, 23 years ago and and they didn't know if they wanted to make an investment and so you know I looked at the numbers what we had and I said we're, we're basically out of money yeah so I remember calling Mike Lisko from the airport in Los Angeles and said, Mike, I got some news for you. I, I don't know how much longer I can I can stay here. And he's like, listen, I have a need. You know, we have some great people here, but I have a need 
for sponsorship sales development, business development. Yeah. You know, we just hired, you know, this great person yeah. um, who, who we know who's, who's fantastic to manage it, and she's great, but we need kind of a, a hunter or someone yeah. young that's going to go out and start driving some business. So I, 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 I met with Mike the next day. I ended up going in a meeting with, you know, they had a sales consultant from the U.S., again, really good guy that Mike had hired on a part-time who kind of Greg McElroy, mm-hmm. you know, you Dana Gladstone, who is on kind of more of a servicing role, mm-hmm. who's the best in the business on client servicing and yeah. management, yeah. met with them, and then I ended up coming to terms and, and agreed to come to the CFL. So mm-hmm. I, I had to exit my relationship with my partners in the wrestling company and mm-hmm. exited that, that relationship and joined the Canadian Football League. And nice. I was there from 2001 to 2004. Yeah. Um, you know, after four years, you know, I had great success, brought in 30 new partners. Yeah. Who are a couple of your favorite... Uh, well, I'll get into some of those later, yeah, but you know, okay. a lot of new, new companies, you know, categories like I remember Crown Royal, I brought in, you know, I brought in DeWalt, I brought in Tums and Jacksel yeah. Smith yes. Klein, I brought Aqua Mike Velvet, Brown, Mike Steve Brown, Moore. absolutely, all these guys, these are the guys, you know, Steve Moore, they, they ended up buying the company, but yeah. these are all the people that I, you know, I yeah. mined, mined back when they, they had very few partners at the yeah. Canadian Football League, I mined categories. Yeah. I remember Mike had said, I want Gillette as a sponsor, and I went and eventually got down to Aqua Velva, yeah. you know, and it, you know, it was a challenger brand, and it was owned sure. by private equity, and sure. you know, after six months working with the team of the U.S. and GSK in Canada, I got a deal done, and they yeah. became a good partner yeah you know yeah. I, I have a lot of these yeah. great stories of new 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 companies and categories i mind so i spent about four years there and it was great but you know i got a little bored selling you know cfl is a great property yeah. um but selling the same thing every year yeah i was kind of i want to do what can i do next and i remember getting ready for um you know i was getting married and moving houses and i got a call from a headhunter same headhunter you, you yeah rich yeah. chad called me up and yeah, said i yeah. got this great opportunity for you the, yeah. you know there's this great agency in toronto um the owner lives in Toronto, but also in in in, the, in California. Unfortunately, you know, um, you know, they have a, a great partner leading it in Canada, but she's sick. Mm. And, um, and and would you be interested in coming and, and interviewing? And so I, I went and met with the company. Um, right time, right place for me. You know, uh, I, I ended up taking the job. I negotiated my my uh, my contract while I was on my honeymoon. My wife would go to the bathroom in Hawaii. And I'd be <laughs> on the phone and um, ended up taking this job. It was a company called Wakeham and Associates. Yeah, and Hugh, 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 you really, you know, really smart guy. You know, created a really interesting legacy for himself on naming rights and in the entertainment space. You know, he'd worked in live event and, and ended up working with him. And, and um, I spent a year there. I worked on Cirque du Soleil globally. Yeah, And amazing. had some great, great, great opportunities. And I ended up doing a name and rights deal for Blue Man Group and the Panasonic Theater down on Young Street. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my legacy with them. But yeah. after about a year, I kind of said, you know, it's not big enough. I want, I want a sports component. Um, and where's my opportunity to grow? So I heard that IMG was looking to hire a salesperson. I didn't know the managing director at the time. I called him up, Cole called him, said, uh-huh. Brad, and this guy named Brad Pelche. I said, Brad, uh-huh. I'm one of the best in the business. Um, if you're looking to hire someone, you know, I'd be your best bet. So I came and met with Brad, met it. with the team, went through a whole interview process, and I got hired. And this was back in, I think it was September of 2004. I think it was, yeah, September 2004. Actually, no, um, September 2005. So joined, joined uh, IMG. That's right, yeah, because yeah. I came to the CFL in 04. Because you had left, yeah, you, you, Ottawa. Yeah. I, I missed the Ottawa Grey Cup. Yeah, which Ottawa Grey Cup which was, was my first. first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 so I, I've been at IMG for fourteen years. Started off when start, I looked yeah. at that, I was just I had to pause. It was like, wow, it's been fourteen years, but 14. it's been a steady. Yes, yeah, so I came in as a director of corporate yeah. partnerships yeah. within three months. Um, the person above me was no longer at the company. Yeah. I, I ended up taking his role. And then within a year and a half, yeah. I became the vice president and had a team. 
And 2010, Brad um, decided to move back out west. Uh, his wife's from Vancouver, and he, he left. And then two of us ended up taking a co-managing director role, Danny Fritz and I. Yeah. Um, my focus is on the business de- a lot of the business development, the corporate partnerships. Danny was an agent. Yeah. Um, a phenomenal event producer. He was yeah, now event. Sportbox. Right? Yeah, so he's, he's a CEO of Sportbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sbox Sports. Yeah. I, I don't know the remember the exact name and so Danny was we both co-managed it and then yeah. Danny decided to leave I think two two and a half years later and I became the, the managing director the sole managing director and yeah. then moved up to an SVP role back in 2015 I think it was 15 um, but yeah, yeah but I've been here I've been here literally almost 14 years yeah amazing great uh, uh, track record and it's one thing that stood out at the very beginning of that story is the term um, architect and architecture because Somebody once referred to me as a partnership architect. And if I ever think of somebody who is the epitome of a partnership architect, it's you. Appreciate um, and I, I very I, I love the term, and it goes back to your early Lang days and that that uh, uh, division there, um, because I've always viewed you as loving the the um, the art of building and designing a partnership between a brand and a property. Sure, sure. And I view that as an architecture and it's a great You have term. to be an architect. If yeah. you're not an architect and you're not, you're not there to solve a, a pain point or a problem in the business and you're selling stuff Yeah, and people aren't, you know, people are looking to buy, but they're looking to buy solutions. And so you have to position yourself as a solutions provider. Yeah. Really listen to what someone's looking like, what, What's their business? What are their challenges? How do yeah. you solve for those problems? And yeah. how do you come up with a real marketing plan to do that? And ultimately it's a sale, but you can't come across as a salesperson. No. So I've always viewed myself as a solutions provider first and foremost. Um, and, and you know, if you become too much of a hard salesperson, it's, yeah. you're going to turn people off. And yeah. It's not who we are. Um, talk about, uh, let's pivot to mentorship. Uh, you've had some great um, names that you, you threw out during that journey. Um, any that you want to highlight that have really helped uh, shape your growth? Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, early on, Chris Lang, yeah, you know, you know was, you know, for sure. Yeah, you know, he was a kind of a grandfather of the sponsorship industry. And, yeah. you know, they gave me the foundation, I, I, the real solid foundation to be who I am now. Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say Chris, um, Brian Lang a little bit as well yeah. in my early days, yeah. you know, more in terms of corporate culture and, and yeah. how to build the relationships internally um, because you have to, you know, as much as you have to be a relationship builder externally, internally is also very important. So Brian was very good, well said. you know, Mike Lisko to an extent. And Mike was more of my mentor, I think, when it came to, you know, the sponsorship and the architecture, um, you know, so he, he helped, you know, guide me early on. Um, I, I'd say Brad Pelche to an extent when I joined IMG. Brad mm-hmm. was the managing director. Yeah. Um, also at a very young age. He took it on when he was 39. Yeah. And, and I worked for him for probably four years. Yeah. So he's very helpful. You know, a lot of the mentoring internally in a big company. IMG now, sorry, Endeavor is about 7,000 people. So Amazing. it's, it's uh, you know, Brad helped me out a lot. So I, I'd say those would probably be three, four, you know, Chris, mm-hmm. Brian, Mike, Brad, that kind of helped shape, helped shape me um, early on in my career. Yeah, the, uh, you, you mentioned something there I want to pick up on, and I, I've said this to a few people, so I might be repeating it on the podcast, but there's, um, I heard a TED Talks recently, and it's this idea of um, if you're in a big company, uh, the importance of two types of equity, performance equity and relationship equity. And performance equity is 
you know, you've got a job to do, you do it and exceed uh, expectations and you develop performance Absolutely. equity. But what a lot of people aren't good at is the second one, and that is uh, relationship equity, which you highlighted is those relationships in the building, because who's going to have your back and advocate for you if you're not in a meeting and they're deciding who gets elevated, who gets cut, you know, who do we give opportunity to? And it's important uh, for anybody listening, and you've uh, clearly embraced it, um, to develop those relationships yeah, internally. It, it definitely is. And especially in a company like ours, which mm-hmm. is a global company. Yeah. Um, so my boss right now is based out of England, London, England. Um, and my counterparts are country directors. Yeah. In Dubai, mm-hmm. in Tokyo, in... Fascinating. Um, in Paris, France, uh, you know, uni- in, in, yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Also, the business unit heads are based all around the world yeah. in my Endeavor properties. So you have to build those relationships because these are the people, you know, you're in the front lines in the battle with. And uh, also, those are the ones that have to have your back. Who, uh, briefly, the, the dynamic of having a boss who's based somewhere else, not, not day-to-day in your building... Uh, is that a challenge? Is that, uh, you know, if somebody who likes autonomy, it's, I'm sure it's a good thing. But how do you manage that yeah, dynamic? It, it, yeah, I, you know, my, my boss has been, I haven't had a boss um, in this building since Brad Pelche was my boss as a yeah, managing director. Because so. I, I, I lead the business in Canada, so I, I'm as high as you can yes, get in this region. Yes. Um, my boss has been in New York before. He's been in Cleveland before. One point, I reported to Mark Steinberg, who's yeah. a Tigers agent. I reported yeah. to Jay Ogden, who's been at our company forty-one years. He works out of White Plains. Yeah. Um, and have you made that work? Is you it just it, regular communication? It, it, it's bi-weekly calls. Yeah. It's reports. You know, you have to deliver the numbers, and you have to, you know, a yeah. lot of communication. Yeah. It's easier to do it now with email because yeah. you can forward reports and you can CC people on emails. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say 15, 20 years ago, it would have been much more difficult. Yeah. But we're a global company. You yeah. can do meetings over the, you know, you can do Skype meetings. You can do meetings and boardrooms sure. with 15 people on the, on yeah. the screen. Yeah. So it's a little easier now in the yeah. world of this digital age. Good. Um, let's shift to um, sponsorship initiatives. You've touched so many. Um, I'd like to start with uh, uh, something you've been intimately a part of, shaping that you're proud of. And, and oh, why. too difficult. Too I, I, I yeah. try to come up. I <laughs> it's mean, like picking your favorite yeah, I mean, child, I, yeah, right? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll name a few. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, I remember I was in the Canadian Football League. I remember, again, being in the right time in the right place, and I ended up putting together a program with um, Lotto 649. Mm. This is, you know, I mean, if you know, uh, in Canada, the lotteries are all regionalized. You, know, you have the Lotto, uh, you know, you have you know, Ontario's regionalized, you have Lotto Quebec, you have the Western well, Lottery Corporation. A, a great CFL alum is uh, head of... Brent, uh, the, yeah. The, Brent Scrimshaw, the my old boss and your boss, ALC. Yeah, lottery. Um, yeah. But, you know, but for certain national programs, they get together and it's called the Interprovincial Lottery Corporation. Yeah, IPC, yeah. So I, I remember I put together a program for Lotto 649's 20th anniversary. And it was all around the CFL and the Grey Cup. And we did a special draw in October. Um, and we had, I'm trying to remember how many people won. I think it was 30, 40 people and their, and their partner, spouses, mm-hmm. guests, won an all-expense-paid trip to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. We, um, that was Shania, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Shania, was in, uh, Shania was in Edmonton, yes. Yeah. And then we did an exclusive halftime promotion. They all yeah. came on the field. And one of those winners won $6.49 million. Yeah. And the other people shared, in, that. shared in $2 million. Amazing. So I remember seeing that and you're on, you know, that was pretty big. That's big. That's a, so I remember I, I helped architect that. You know, the team helped deliver it, but that yeah. was... Yeah. A discussion I had. I remember I built a you know a, a relationship with a um, an agency, 
that specialized in. I remember I called I called up Pfizer and, I, and Pfizer <laughs> Pfizer I love this yeah so Pfizer Pfizer is like you know, we really don't do a lot of sponsorship you know for these brands because in Canada you can't do much and yeah. so they connect me with an agency and I remember I built this relationship with this agency called Jeffrey Simber and Associates. So we started brainstorming and developed a program around Lipitor. Now you can't really market Lipitor Not because, in Canada. but but yeah. Lipitor at the time, which is a cholesterol drug. Well, you can say the name, you can't say the benefits, yeah. so, right? So they, so Not like they, the US. they, they own the patent to that drug. Yeah. So if you needed to get any um, medication for high cholesterol, you were going to get it. There's no competitor. Yeah. So they had a program that they had in the marketplace called Making the Connection, trying to get men over 40, which is their primary demo, to get tested. Because if they got tested for high cholesterol, they would be prescribed. Chances are they'll take their yeah. drug. Yeah. So you know the yeah. CFL demo was a little older. We ended up, um, ended up building a program with them that ended up lasting for Oh, six years. And really, you know, and originally it was with some older CFL alumni. We built trading cards. We built, you know, some content. We did promotions. It was all around raising awareness around. I loved that partnership. I obviously I inherited a bunch that you and then was able to bring in some of my own. But that one in particular, I, I always talked you up in that program because it's so atypical to you know who's who's doing a partnership between a, a drug like Lipitor and a you know sports league in Canada, U.S. different. Yes, but that was brilliant. And, and that relationship carried over because when I joined IMG, there's like a few called interesting programs I built. And the first one, my first call was to Dave Morden mm-hmm. uh, and Dan Denemy yeah. at Jeffrey Simbro. Yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, let's get, yeah. let's get together. Let's get together. We have a lot of golf assets. Golf. Or over forty yeah. men, and how do we build a program? So I built a program with them around mm. golf, yeah. and they took ownership of a new event we had created with the province of Prince Edward Island, where we had two mm. elder, older golfers, and it was Jack Nicholas versus uh, um, Fred. Uh, sorry, Tom I, Watson. Tom Watson, the first year, and um, I built a program with them where we brought in the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Yeah. We built a whole public awareness campaign for Heart and Stroke. Yeah, we then found Stephen Ames, who's one of our golfers. Yeah. He had a high. He didn't have high cholesterol. But he had it in his family. Yeah. He built a whole public service campaign with Stephen, yeah. then put it on TSN, and then we got them involved with the Skins game, which was another event that we yeah. owned, yeah. and built this comprehensive kind of turnkey 360 program, which lasted for two years. And so, again, the relationships um, and taking out of the box and transitioned kind of their CFL relationship into golf. Yeah. So that was an interesting one. And then, they, you know, another one I, I want to mention is, is um, again, how do we create big, interesting programs? And so... One of the properties we had was um, a snowboarding event. We had a big action sports division at the time, um, and we had a snowboarding event, part of the world um, snowboarding tour in Whistler. So I, you know, online poker was starting to become very big at the time. So I remember doing a deal with a local agency that had party poker as their client mm-hmm. and brought them into this snowboarding event. And it was on CBC. It worked out. It wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up meeting the global head of marketing for this party poker, who was based out of... I think it was Gibraltar um, at the yeah, time, and yeah, they have to you be know, based somewhere, yeah. doing some skiing. I remember yeah. sitting at the top of the mountain with him, and um, he's like, "Wouldn't it be interesting if we could create a world action sports event where we had the top action sports athletes in different sports playing against each other and doing this global?" So I came back and I went to Brad and I said, "Brad, how do we do this?" He's like, "Call James Lights. James leads our action sports division out of LA. Call him." Got on the phone with James. We started brainstorming. 
and ended up building a program where we basically came back to party poker and called it the big throwdown. And we did, they sponsored five events that we owned. It was a wakeboarding event in Kelowna called Wakefest. It was a um, it was a snowboarding event in Oregon. It was the um, U.S. Open of Surfing in Huntington Beach where you get 400,000 yeah. people. We brought six athletes, the best athletes that played poker. We built an event at each of these as part of their sponsorship. Mm-hmm. We put into a television series, and the winners from snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing, um, you, you know, there's there six of these sports, ended up coming to Vegas in the World Series of Poker. We rented this beautiful suite and built this TV series for them. And that was that was a fairly large, comprehensive, yeah. integrated program. Uh, that's what uh, IMG Endeavor now did so well, does so well, is is create a property but give it a megaphone, right? Give it, make, turn it into a broadcast or a streaming now, so, right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely, which is so important, right? And that that's what really gives the the partner that magnified reach which we, absolutely and so those are those are you know i, I have other ones in, in fashion yeah. and culinary that i'm very yeah. proud of on, on on platforms that don't have television broadcasts and you know you're reliant on the ip and the activation ideas yeah. and so i have a lot of but those would be some of the yeah. bigger ones nice. that kind of, what uh, and then there's so much out there that must have something must have caught your eye that you you've admired or multiple ones that you've admired it doesn't have to be something you've designed yourself Something uh, stand out? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give two of them. I mean, you know, first I'll just go back to my roots and, you know, kudos to Dana Gladstone and the team at the CFL. You think yeah. about legacy programs, yes. Pure Later. Um, Tackle you know, Hunger. Pure Later, I remember when, you know, that was a, you know, their agency at the time, which was Let Lang, and I think it ended up becoming Armstrong after some yeah. changes happened. And, you know, Pure Later had a need. They were looking for a CSR program. And, the collective teams of both the CFL Dana and the team and the team at the agency and Pure Later came up with yeah, this program. And I think of longevity. That started in 2002, I think it was. I think it still goes it's on. It's still going on. It's 2019, so 17 years, which is absolutely amazing. So I think of that program, just in terms of meshing CSR and traditional sport, um, that has longevity. And yeah. they've, they've had a million different people in and out of Pure That's Later. That's it. The but management's that program, changed, but that uh, yeah. program is yes. Yeah. So that'd be one. I mean, I also have to give a kind of a shout-out to Maple Leaf Sports. They have yeah. a lot of really smart people in there, and they're able to really – Capitalize on you know all of the um, all of the different assets they have. So I think the GoDaddy campaign. Yeah. I guess I, you know it's another one that's won awards. I think of yes. you know that GoDaddy campaign and just you know how they've been able to package in this interesting company, um, brought in their athletes, built television creative for them, and echoed it through kind of their ecosystem. And even when an athlete gets traded, can pivot even further and kind of you know talk to that. So I'd say that's kind of one of many that you know, yeah. the team of Maple Leaf Sports. Um, has helped put together. So yeah, those were just you know, nice. To talk yeah, about I'm it. sure we could talk all day yeah, yeah. about programs. Um, let's uh, kind of wrap with um, trends first, and then I'd love to talk about some habits. But um, what are you noticing out there? You, as we've talked, you you know, you are uh, recognized one of the top um, architects, sellers, uh, developers of partnerships. You talk to brands. You you touch so many properties. What are some of the trends you're noticing? Yeah, I would say Canada is a bit of a tough market right now. Yeah. It's a soft economy, um, you know, sponsorship. Unless you're extremely creative, it's not is is a challenging initiative to get across the finish line. I think there's a lot of focus on tier one properties, you know, so uh, companies that are invested in hockey are kind of doubling down on hockey. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened with Scotia. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think there's, you know, sports like basketball are doing well because it's, it's a tier one sport. The yeah. NBA has done well. You know, the Raptors have had a good run. I think a lot of second tier two, tier three properties, governing bodies have had challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a bit, it's going to continue to be a focus in Canada. So they have to be really, really creative on how to c- capture some of that sponsorship dollars. I, I would say that there's a lot of focus on content creation as mm-hmm. any a part of any sponsorship. Uh, influencers and social media. Yeah. How can that become part of a program? Um, and I think those the, the, the programs that have that in it become um, more easily sellable and, and can deliver upon KPIs. Yeah, well said. Uh, I think um, company properties that have very solid supplier rights again continue, you know, to be you know to have a leg up. I mean, it, you know, Maple Leaf Sports, uh, you know, any venue that has a professional hockey team. You can leverage that porn rights for beer, right. for soft drink. You know, you have the banking, you know, whatever those yeah, business needs. Business right? needs, you know, that's the first way to open up someone's eyes. Yeah. If you don't have that, and you know, we have properties like Stars and Ice, which is a great property, very focused target of, you know, women 40 plus, but we are a tenant in the buildings. Yeah. So we can't deliver poor. We can't deliver any They're of that. They're often butting up against yeah. the pouring rights partner uh, at the venue. Yeah, right? so I think that is a key, you know, key metric. I, I think... You know, there's still, there's some sports, you know, people are looking for the new and shiny toys. I think esports, everyone's trying to figure out esports. Millennials are, you know, Gen Z, you know, nobody's watching traditional TV unless it's sports. Yeah. My, my kids watch YouTube. Yeah. Have Twitch, their own YouTube. Twitch, yeah. Twitch, Ninja, you yeah. know, you talk yeah, about influencers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, unfortunately, my son has more interest in Ninja than Austin Matthews. I was just going to say, you'll probably hear Austin Matthews and Ninja spoken out there equally, but you're right. Uh, oftentimes, it's Ninja more than Matthews. And, and, and by the way, those those athletes have them, their their influences are the Ninjas because yeah. they all yeah, they love Fortnite it. and they all yeah. play it. So esports is a huge emerging um, sport that I think, you know, there's a lot of investment in. We're invested mm-hmm. in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, I, you know, Fortnite is a is, is, is a Client of ours, we're an investor. We, you know, yeah, league. It's an epic, right? Epic, epic games. games. Yeah. You know, I think you know. There's you know. So I think you know. Chris Overholt and the team have done a fantastic yeah, job yeah. with Overwatch. I think that's going to be an emerging sport. I think yeah. more and more no as question. that. Right. And I keep seeing and reading more about that. So I think that's a huge area, a huge trend. But those are just you know some kind of more tactical and some yeah you know Good. more strategic I like it. trends. That's great. Um, let's wrap up with um, habits, uh, personal, professional. What do you do? Uh, you know, I always love to find out what what success people lean on what do they do to to be the best version of themselves yeah I mean I, I'd say on, on, you know, on a professional I'm, I'm super organized so yeah. like literally um, every you know mm. looking at my desk yeah, maybe not I'm so gonna, but, but I'd say more a time, 7 out of 10 on the desk no, I'd say more of a time management so every yeah. every day you know, uh, before I, like I leave, I, every day before yeah. I leave, I write. I sit down. I take 15 minutes and I write down my priorities for the next day. What's what's really important? I almost four buckets, and yeah. so you know because I, I have you know 10, 11 properties. I have a lot of different you know, kind of um, priorities within within yeah. the company. So what do I need to get done? What what would be great to get done? And it's kind of and I try to move things. So and every day I go through my spreadsheets and I, yeah. and I do that. So I, I go through my system wants to kill me. I go through literally <laughs> you know a, a book like this every month or two months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is ready to get uh, right, so his book. Right, black book. You know, so like whether it's a book like this. Yeah. And again, what are my priorities? Check marks. I add things on, 
and I'm like that. Like, so you're still you're you're a little old school with the book. Uh, Mark McCormick, yeah, was our founder of IMG. You know, yeah, wrote you know what they don't teach you at Harvard Business School, yeah. and he would still go around with a notepad and a, and a pencil oh. and write notes. I, I'm not like that, but no. for me, I need to be organized the next day. Yeah, and so I, and I will do that. So that's kind of a, a professional habit. Um, I, I think you know reputational management is very important. Yeah, your reputation is your currency. Yes. So for me, it's never burning a bridge with anyone. You yes. don't know where that person's going to be. That person may be your next boss. That person may be the client across the table from yeah, you. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's really, really Especially important. Especially in, in Canada as a, a small tiny, market, very tiny, small market. Yeah. Um, so I, I, networking is, you know, early on in my career, networking, but being very, um, you know, sensitive and of people's time. Yeah, respectful. Respectful. Yeah. Um, I think there's some people that have done a great jobs, yeah. you know, and, you know, I'll, I'll I give a shout out to one, my mentee as part of the you know my original, I've had a couple of mentees and yeah. they've both been great but remember my mentee in my my as part of the sponsorship marketing program you know great guy and you know and he ended up losing his job probably mm-hmm. two months into the, our men- mentorship program mm-hmm. and I remember helping him through and ended up helping him get a job you know in a in a great agency and you know he thanked me but then I come to my office and there's this beautiful tabletop book of great places to travel because we both have a love for travel oh, and a box of chocolates. Great. This was not a cheap book. So he yeah. went and spent his money and gave this as a thank you and wrote a handwritten card. So I think about that and it's, it's just personal etiquette. How do you treat people that you want to be treated back? Yeah. And that's always stood out. So I will always have time for him. Yeah. Um, you know, handwritten notes. You know, I get that from interns that are leaving here or from people I've met. Yeah. Again, things like that go a long way. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I wanted to write a handwritten note to someone who I'd met because I had this, this gift I wanted to give them and I went to my assistant, and she had no idea what a stationery was. And she had to start. She went to a receptionist yeah. who asked what a stationery was. She had no <laughs> idea. They're looking it online. I, they finally found an old IMG stationery that I wrote a handwritten note. So that's maybe old school, but yeah. those are things that I, um, you know, try to do. I, you know, I, I always try to help people out where possible. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's harder and harder as I get more senior and I have more uh-huh. priorities. Um, and also, like you know, a professional tip is just you know always manage your relationships. You never know. Who, who's going to be sitting across? I kind of mentioned that already, but like you know, I call upon a lot of people. I've had thousands and thousands of meetings, mm-hmm. and a lot of times those meetings don't end up anywhere. But you know, ten years later, they may end up somewhere. Yeah. You know, so it's funny because I, you know, Ian Covert, who's a um, you know, you yeah. play well as well. Yeah. I call upon him, and I remember calling upon him for ten years. Never yeah, bought he was anything. At Panasonic from me. forever. Yeah. yeah, I never bought anything for me, and you know, but you always want to manage and create you know, create a good relationship. And you know, one point I went to him with the the Blue Man Group was announced in Toronto. <laughs> yes. I went to him, and it's like you know, I like this. And we ended up getting a 10-year deal done. So, yeah, so I think it's just managing relationships, networking, and, and making sure you always have a good reputation. Because yeah. your jobs may change, but your reputation is what you take with you. Yeah. And yeah. if you burn bridges early on, yeah. and you get it. And, and that's something I had to endure when I joined IMG. IMG had a fairly, not a stellar reputation in the Canadian marketplace right. back in 2006. The number of people... Um, Maybe news car salesmen, yeah. a little bit aggressive, yeah, little bit you know, over, del- over yeah. promise, under deliver, yeah. yeah. and it took me quite a while to change that. So that's not we're never going to have that reputation. We haven't had yeah. that in ten plus years. No, in you're right, but that's you're important. Right. Thanks for doing this. This was uh, this was really good. Thank a lot you. of fun. I appreciate yeah. you having me. Thanks. All Gary. right.